The following is a sponsored program paid for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves featuring Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome to Good Money Moves on News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I'm Andy Brownell. I'm with Jenna Tobble and again, Tony Billmeyer from First Alliance Credit Union. Morning, Jenna. Morning, Tony. Good morning. Good morning. So, last week we talked about getting way, way behind in your bills. Yeah. Well, not even way behind, but behind, and then what happens, the process that occurs. And uh, I guess that leads me to the question of what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. So, we're going to kind of continue down that path a little bit, but today we're really going to dig into what happens specifically when you miss your vehicle loan payments and that what ultimately ends up is repossession. Um, it can be a really scary topic to talk yeah. about for a lot of people. But it's an important one to talk about, too, because if you can kind of recall the statistic I shared last week, that there's over 7 million Americans that are 90, day, 90 days behind on their auto loan payments. And you told me that's the That's the mark. That where you start going mark. towards this process. Exactly. Um, and in 2019, there were 2 million vehicles that were repossessed, or... 5,418 repossessions every day. Wow. So this is not like it's only affecting nobody or rarely. It's pretty significant um, situation that a lot of people can unexpectedly find themselves in. Um, so I, it's just important to talk about the process so okay. people understand what's going on with it. All right. I guess we'll start with the basics. What is vehicle repossession? Well, first first off, it's important to understand that when you get take out a loan for, for your new car, your used car, your motorcycle, your bike, your camper, whatever it is that you got, um, just remember, you don't own that free and clear. Uh, you're owning that, and the bank also owns it as well. Um, so you are going to be responsible for the upkeep. You're going to be responsible to maintain that, that unit, and then you're also going to be responsible for paying the bank back. Um, so, so, of course— So I mean, it can finally be yours. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so therefore, if you're going to stop making the payment on that, on your car or your vehicle, um, then the, your financial is going to have the right to come collect it because you don't own it, and and now you've stopped paying for it. So now they're going to they're going to come collect it, and when they do have to come collect it, that's what they call by repossession. The they're, repo guy, the repo man's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point in all this delinquency process does repossession occur? Uh, it's different with every financial. It's different with every lender. Um, however, typically, once you hit an, the 90 days delinquent or three missed payments in a row um, is the most common time frame um, when they're going to move forward on repossession. I do know some of the larger financials out there will start this process after you've already missed two payments. So they started around the 60-day mark. Oh, goodness. Um, here, okay. here at the credit union, um, we... We typically don't don't even look at this process until you've already missed at least two payments, um, and there's no communication. Okay. Um, like I stressed last week, the biggest thing with us here at the credit union is communication. Um, mm -hmm. If we have no communication, we have no way to locate you, no way to to talk to you, um, then we do start looking at a possible repossession at the 60-day mark because after you've missed two payments, it's going to take you a long time to make that up. To get so, back to exactly. current, yeah. so so we don't want it to go any further because we don't know what kind of what kind of condition the vehicle's in, how many miles are being put on it, if there's insurance on it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, there's too many or variables. It's already been wrecked. Exactly. So at that point, you've been trying to call, you've been sending letters, 
the whole mm-hmm. works, right? I mean, exactly. it's not like you're waiting for them to call. You're actively trying yeah. to get a hold of these folks. Yeah, at the at the at First Alliance Credit Union, we we do what's called courtesy calling. Um, within the first thirty days, we've made a few courtesy calls, just reminding people that hey, you got a you got a payment. You need to con- talk to our member solutions department. After thirty days delinquent, then it comes to to my area, and then that's when I'm trying to reach out, trying to do the 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 research to figure out how I can communicate with them, send emails, um, telephone calls, you know, trying to get them to communicate, stressing the importance. Okay, so um, a vehicle. Loan is 90 days delinquent. Do all vehicles that get to 90 day delinquent get repossessed? Um, not all vehicles get repossessed at 90 days. It's not like a hard and, hard and done 90 days where we're sending out the repo guy. Um, we've had some instance where we've gone over that amount or under that amount. It, it's all um, based on circumstance. And, mo- and most of that circumstance, again, I, I allude to this a lot, comes down to communication. Yeah. It's so important to stay in communication with the lender so they are willing to work with you and you're yeah. willing to work with them. It just makes the whole process so much smoother for everybody involved, and, and you may never get to the repossession point. I suppose that that legal term good faith comes into play. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. that's part of your job is to determine if somebody is acting in good faith or if they're just kind of leading you along. Yeah, exactly. And it's difficult, you know, cuz cuz I'm a I'm a person as well, so you yeah. know, I, I'm I'm always apt to take people at their word and, and that they they're, they're going to promise to pay. And when they don't prom- then when they don't follow through, then you know, I I got to be that bad guy and say, "Hey, yeah. you know, these are the circumstances that could follow if we can't get this taken care of." I imagine that's not really a fun call when you make a call to the tow truck <laughs> to go and pick the no, it's up. it's it's usually not not a very fun call. It's usually and the the next call I usually get is from from our member or the person saying, "Why did you take my car? I need my belongings. I need it brought back." You, you know, and and that's a very stressful situation, which I understand because you know you're out shopping or whatever, and yeah. you come out and your car's gone. You, first first instant, you think it's been stolen. Do you run into circumstances where people know that they're overwhelmed by this car payment and they just say, "Oh." bring it and park it at the credit union and hand you the keys? Yes, we, we do. We, we have a lot of that. That's what we call a voluntary surrender. Um, we do have some people. Um, usually it involves possibly a death in the family, um, maybe someone that's uh, no longer going to be living in the area, or, you know, that they're just going through a lot of situations, and it could be even bankruptcy, and yeah. they, they just know they can't afford it. So instead of going through the whole repossession, they just come in and say, Tony, I, I can't afford it. I don't see a way around it. Here's mm-hmm. the keys. Here's the title. You know, let me know what I owe. All right. So what do you do with the vehicle once you get it? You, it's back at the First Alliance Credit Union. Um, you well, guys don't need to run a used car <laughs> lot, I imagine. <laughs> no, we we definitely don't have the time have the time or the, or the resources to be running a used car lot. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> or the space exactly. Um, normally, um, once once we repossess a vehicle, um, the vehicle will be sold either at at auction. Um, some financials do do private sale, where they'll put it out in their parking lot and take bids on it. Like I said, we don't have the resources, the space, or the or the time to do that. Um, so we actually have it. Um, we send it out to an auction. They clean it up. They give us a condition report. They tell us a, approximately what the value is going to be. And then, of course, we, we get a, a title for it because we have to have a title in our name before we can sell it. 
And then once we complete that process, then we go ahead and, and list it for sale at a, at a private dealer-only auction. And I imagine knowing the way vehicles depreciate in value so quickly that whatever you're getting for the vehicle probably doesn't satisfy the loan. Yeah, nine times out of ten, uh, what what we sell the vehicle for is a lot less than what the what the person owes, um, and then that. So what happens there is we get a we obviously we got to pay the auction company. They don't work for free, so we have to pay some kind of fees to them, and then we minus that from what we get for the vehicle. And if there's a a balance left over, then that's called a deficiency balance, and then that's where we have to send a letter out to the member saying, "Your car sold. These were the fees." you still owe X amount of dollars. So we still need to communicate, come up with a plan on how you can pay this. So now, now you're paying possibly five, six, seven thousand $7,000 for a car you no Don't longer have. have. Oh. Fun time. <laughs> you just took a nightmare and made it even worse. <laughs> I imagine, though, it happens quite innocently to somebody to say that they had this job that they were getting paid quite nicely for, and they went and bought the $65,000 ford raptor or something like that and next thing you know they had to accept a lower paying job and those payments are just out of reach mm-hmm. exactly Absolutely. and there's no choice but to figure out something to but i bet the better option then for the if somebody's seen that happen to them is try to sell their vehicle in the private marketplace exactly it's, you're you're, you're going to get way more money trying to sell it private party with and all the, those fees too and the great thing about the credit union um with us is if you do sell it private party and there's still an amount owed Nine, uh, probably seven out of ten times we've taken that amount owed, turned it into another loan, and allowed you to sell that vehicle. A lot smaller payment at that yes. point mm-hmm. to settle for a, the account. For a smaller, yeah. smaller payment, yes. Okay. We're talking about vehicle repossession. Tony Billmeyer is here along with Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union, and we will be right back in just a moment. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking Good Money Moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Welcome back to Good Money Moves. Andy Brownell along with Jenna Tobble and Tony Billmeyer from First Alliance Credit Union. We're talking about vehicle repossessions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. You've been repoed. Is there a way to get my car or truck back after it's been repossessed? Um, with a lot of financials um, here in Minnesota... So once we we take possession of your vehicle, then we have to send you a letter, which gives you um, ten days, ten business days to cure, to cure the 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 amount that's owed on the vehicle, and that's not the amount that's past due. That's the the, total, the amount of the loan. Total loan called in. Called in total total loan. Okay. Um, within that ten days, you go to another financial, get a loan. You come in, pay it off. We consider the loan paid in full. And we'll we'll continue to offer services. Um, I imagine that doesn't happen often. Not very often, because <laughs> usually when you're in, already yeah. usually when you're in that point, your credit has taken a yeah. taken a big nosedive. So a lot of financials aren't going to be apt to uh, to taking on that risk. Any other options available? Um, there, do you think? We we have um, reinstated some loans to where we've um, after repossession we've. We have had conversations with the member. We've understood their situation, and we've uh, allowed them a second chance where we do allow them to reinstate the loan, pay up their past due payments, pay up our repossession fee, and then move forward with their loan. Um, we, ha- we have allowed that. Once again, the importance of that communication. Exactly. While this whole process exactly. is happening, talk to you. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even if they haven't communicated and we had to get to that point, um, I know in the past that we have worked with some members after the repossession has happened to get them back in their vehicle because we feel that, you know, it's going to be better for them than it is for the credit union. Yeah. Any other ways to get that vehicle back? Um, then it, the only other way is if we were to take it to a public sale, um, which here at First Alliance Credit Union we do not do. Some financials okay. do. You could do a, a bid at the auction or your family members could do a bid at the auction to try to get that vehicle okay. back. A Hail Mary pass. Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what happens if the vehicle is sold at auction? And we kind of talked about this, didn't we, just in the last segment? A little, a little bit. That you sell the vehicle, but it's not going to get what is owed on the loan. Exactly. A, a lot of people think, okay, my my truck is worth, 50, I paid $60,000 for it. It's got to be worth 50000 so you're going to get 50000 for it. Well, that's a retail price. Um, when we go to the when we send them to auction, they're buying them at wholesale price, mm-hmm. because of course the dealer wants to make money. Right, it's <laughs> the profit margin. For the dealer. <laughs> exactly. Then they're not going to pay retail. That's thousands at the auction. of dollars, and, and that could be on a fifty thousand dollar vehicle. That could be a, a lot of a, thousands and thousands of dollars difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so then of course we sell the vehicle minus the fees minus the charges that we were charged to try to sell that vehicle, um, and then sometimes we do have. A deficiency balance where they owe, where they still owe us money, and then there are the rare occurrences where, for some reason, the vehicle sells for more than what they owe, and then of course at that point we do cut them a check for the difference, some sort of collector car or something like that. Yes, which exactly. Appreciated, yeah, which something that something rare. that was, yeah. you know, they obviously had some money on it or whatever to where there was a lot of equity available and it was worth more than what the loan was. Oh goodness, yeah. But that doesn't happen a lot. No, and I imagine that most people in that scenario would have already sold the vehicle well, in the yeah, private market exactly. and just paid off the loan. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm going to ask a really obvious question. Does having your vehicle repossessed affect your credit score? Yes. It hits your credit <laughs> score very hard. And it's not just the credit score that, of course, with each missed payment up to this point has already been hit. But then once the repossession hits, that actually goes on your credit credit mm-hmm. report it actually says um that it's been taken back by the credit grantor or even if you say well i, I voluntarily surrendered it well voluntary surrender is still a repossession is that right it, it is still gets marked the on, same way. on the credit report it's still it's still marked the same way so okay. even if you say hey i voluntarily surrendered it that shouldn't hurt me it does how about, voluntary surrender it's the same as a repossession how about that rare case where you took the vehicle and the vehicle sold for more than what the loan value was is that still marked against It's you? still marked as a repossession. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> – you obviously should have sold it in the private marketplace at that point. Correct. Yes. So even if it's – like in that scenario, it is marked as a repossession. It is paid off. It will show as a repossession. It's mm-hmm. still going to have an impact. The next financial that looks at it is going to see that you had a, had a repossession in the past, and they're going to ask you questions about it. And they're probably going to – if they're going to loan you money, it's probably going to be at a high, higher – interest rate because they're going to take a risk on you. How big a hit is it going to be if you have a repossession on the credit card? I've easily seen it drop probably 80 to 100 points. Okay. So it's a a monster hit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're basically bankrupting that specific loan is what you're doing. So if you think a bankruptcy hits your credit score, well, so does the repossession. It's, It's a similar scenario just with one specific loan. And some of these vehicles... 
are very well. Expensive. A lot of these vehicles now. It's a, the amount of money. That, the, they're yeah. very expensive. Very I mean, expensive. I, I was not talking a couple thousand dollars anymore. You're talking. Yeah, I, I was just looking online, and a new truck, brand new trucks, are like eighty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. You know that I, that's more than I paid for my house. I was going to yeah. say that's yeah. really <laughs> close to what I paid for my house. For sure. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, maybe what we could cover here is the, from the customer's point of view, the member's point of view. Do these guys come in the dark at night and just hook up and drive away? I mean, is there a notification process that takes place? Uh, what happens to them in their dealings with the people who are actually doing the repossession? Does somebody come knock on the door? <laughs> it's or? not like on TV. No. Not <laughs> yes. It's not no. like on TV. No, it, it's no. definitely not like TV. Um, that they are they are required to. Uh, that there are a lot of different um, things that they are required to do. Um, here in Minnesota, we are required to give what we call the Cobb letter notice, um, which occurs ten days before repossession. It lets the member know that they are that they are in default, um, that they need to they need to uh, cure that cure that amount, or repossession will take place. Okay. So yes. that they are given a, given what I call a warning, as this is your last attempt. If you can't communicate with us, then we are going to go to repossession. Oh, goodness. Hopefully they give you the call and you spell out a whole lot of better options <laughs> than doing this. That's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're, we're talking with Tony Billmeyer and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. And it's Good Money Moves. We'll continue in just a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking good money moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Good Money Moves. Andy Brownell with Jenna Tobble and Tony Billmeyer from First Alliance Credit Union. We're talking about vehicle repossession, not a happy topic, obviously, and uh, kind of getting the mechanics of all of this. Tony is dealing with this on a fairly regular basis, unfortunately. And you mentioned something called the Cobb letter in our last segment, and I'm going to ask you to probably explain that. That seems like an unusual description of a legal letter, I guess, or a notice. Exactly, Andy. Um, Here in Minnesota, we are required to give what is called the Cobb letter notice, um, which occurs 10 days before repossession would take place. And what the Cobb letter is, is it it was because there was a court case back in early 1970s to where a gentleman named William Cobb had a, a semi that he got from from the fi- from the financial, and the financial allowed him to make late payments um, throughout the course of his loan. They also allowed him to restructure his loan a few different times, um, and then they also uh, um, threatened sent threatening letters to terminate his contract because he he wasn't making payments on time. Um, of course, the payments were late. You know, he was a over-the-road truck driver. And then all of a sudden, they decided, well, we're just going to repossess the vehicle. So they repossessed the vehicle without notice. Um, William Cobb took them to court. Um, he won his case for an unlawful repossession. So now in the state of Minnesota, we are required to give what's called a Cobb letter notice to where if we've ever accepted a late payment, we've done a restructure, we've allowed a, anything that's not in the, the loan document, we've gone out and beyond, then we have to send what's called the Cobb letter that states that now your payment is delinquent, and if you don't make your payments, that repossession will take place. So, but that's 10 days. Correct. Okay. 
Exactly. So, <laughs> so in essence, so if there were if no late payments were accepted and no, I guess grace was granted by the financial, they could seize without notice. They could seize without and notice. That probably never happens. Not not usually because that that's a that's a high risk that you're going to take. And when you're already at the point of repossession, the last thing you want to do is incur more legal fees and yeah, and possible and unlawful lawsuit. repossession lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And you said this. Cobb guy. I, I was just imagining in my head 1970s with the truck, the gas crisis, the exactly. fuel crisis. So the yeah. guy yes. probably got way out of line on his fuel expenses yeah. for the truck. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you say, circumstances outside people's control. Yeah. yeah. These kind of things happen. So how about the people doing repossessions? Do they have to follow certain rules, the tow truck people? Yes. Th- this is not the uh, the Wild West that it used to be. <laughs> it's definitely not what you see on TV. Um that they all are, they all are regulated. They have to have insurance. They're bonded. That they, they have they have background checks done. They have financial checks done. Um, that they, they are required um, here in the state of Minnesota. Um, they are required to contact law enforcement. Um, let them know that they are in the area. That they are going to be attempting repossession. Give them an address. Give them a vehicle. Um, they also cannot breach the peace during the repossession which means that if your vehicle is in your garage and it's locked, they can't come in and unlock your garage and pull it out. Um, they, they can't breach the piece. They can't threaten you. Um, they can't. But they um, can knock on the door and they ask. They can knock you. on the door. They can knock on the door. They can leave cards. Um, they can send you letters. They can call you. They can maybe send a text message if they, if they choose to. They can communicate with you, but they can't threaten you by any means. They also can't do anything violent towards you or your property. To- sure. Not like yeah. the movies. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not like the movies and definitely not what you see on TV. So if you were trying to be difficult and you locked your truck in your garage, does that make things worse for you in the end when this all plays up? I, I imagine it means you probably owe more money. Um, it actually does make it more difficult if you try to hide hide the collateral, the vehicle, or you you know try to what we call stonewall which means yeah. um stop talking to stop communicating with the agents or with your financial it actually does make it more difficult for you because at some point that fin- financial is going to say okay we've attempted everything we can do and they're either going to turn it over to their insurance company which uses some uh, a little bit larger based repossession companies nationwide to try to get that vehicle because the insurance company is not going to want to pay pay out. Oh, so so they they're don't want to. <laughs> so they're going to do everything in their power to find that vehicle. Okay. Or um, in some cases they will go get a court order, and then the and then the sheriff will serve you to release that vehicle. Okay, so that's and, not a and solution. And of course that's more le- <laughs> that's more legal fees and charges and court. So it's if you're at this point and you know you can't afford it, and you just just release it. It's, yeah. it's way it's way easier to release it and move on than try to hide it and think it, you're going to keep it forever. And if this is happening to you and you know you have stuff in the glove box, I imagine the repossession people. Have you said, "Hey, can I go in the car and get my personals?" Yes, yeah, so I can't speak on every financial, sure. but the credit union, the one the the repossession agents that we work with, they are very friendly. Um, we've actually been told by many <laughs> many of our members how friendly they were, how nice <laughs> they were, how they allowed them to. To get their belongings out of it, um, the one lady had a bunch of like dog toys in the back. They allowed her to get all her dog toys out of it. Um, they actually went through the vehicle with them to make sure they got all their personal belongings. Um, and we actually appreciate that because our agents aren't local. Our agents are two, three hours away. So if they take that vehicle, now you not only don't have a vehicle, now you have to get a ride 
to somewhere two or three hours uh, away to get your belongings. Yeah, so cooperate with them exactly. when they show up at your door. Exactly. It'll go a lot smoother, that's for sure. And I, we wanted to mention, because we talked between the breaks, that a lot of what you talked about today was specific to both First Alliance Credit Union but also specific to the state of Minnesota. Exactly, exactly. I, I can't speak on every state. Um, I, I, I do know the different guidelines and laws that are in every state, but every state is different. Like, like I was alluding to in the break, um, some, some states you have to have a court order to do repossession. Some states um, don't allow you to go after deficiency balance that's still owed on a repossessed vehicle. Um, so some states don't even allow you to repossess. Um, so just make sure that you want, you know what your guidelines are in your state. You can do it by doing a Google search or whatever, just repossession laws in whatever state okay. that you're in. But obviously, if you're doing business with First Alliance Credit Union, it's right here in the Rochester area. It is. And it is. surrounding areas. Yes. It is. Okay. Uh, any other resources we can get into when we go to the Absolutely. Credit Union website? Yeah, so visit firstalliancecu.com. We've got a lot of blog content out there that can kind of point you in the right direction. Um, if you're struggling with payments or debts, we've got a couple about uh, out there about repossession specifically. Um, but like we've been kind of saying over and over, just the best thing you can do is talk with your lender as soon as you miss that first payment or you think you're going to miss a payment. Like, Just be open and communicate with your lender. I know that all of our lending advisors, I know Tony and his team, are going to do everything they can in their power to help you stay current and keep making good money moves. Yep, and you can revisit some of our old podcasts too to hopefully get some good knowledge on how to never get to the point where – Tony has to make that call to the repo guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because that vehicle probably has a lot more sentimental and more value to you than it is going to be oh, yeah. at the auction. Well, that's the last thing you guys want to do is have yeah. a used car in your hands. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's been another episode of Good Money Moves. Jenna, you'll be back next week, right? Of course. Looking forward to it. It's Good Money Moves on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.